set yourself up for little wins. If you just address the problem like head on before it addresses you, I think that's what we all get really scared of in this situation where you feel like you're not enough is it's not that you really don't think you're enough. You're scared that someone else is gonna find out that you're not enough. If you just show yourself in that moment that you're enough and whatever it is that you're stressed about, not addressing the problem can make it a bigger problem as well. So like that can be being steadfast. It's just adherence. That's part of it is just sticking to what you said you would do. Let yourself win. Believing in the fact that whatever you're doing, you're doing it one, on purpose, and then two, for the better good. Whether that's for the better good of you or the better good of the people around you. I like to pretend I know what I'm talking about 90% of the time. And I don't. <laughs> you know what that's called? What? Confidence. No, that's awful. Oh, no. Give us the confidence. The confidence. Well, we're finally here. Oh, man. <laughs> it's taken, uh, I mean, you could, you could consider that this episode has been in the works for three years. But I would say at least the last month we've been meaning to record this podcast. And the last two weeks have been crazy and um, a lot, and it's gone by very fast. And now here we are uh, late at night in the middle of the week, and at some point you just have to say, we're just going to record the podcast and we're going to get it done. And uh, I would be interested to hear your take on in one word Oh man! for the last like three months of our lives. One word. Um, I like the world. Oh my gosh, I already messed up. I like the word uh, whirlwind. Yeah. Where um, ooh, wait, I don't want to use that word, but a cluster. It's been a cluster. Yeah. Insert I the last part of insert that. Insert the last. Insert the second word. Um, because I'm trying to be a good person today, but yeah, a whirlwind. Um, I feel like it kind of went in slow motion. Um, for the really hard parts and then it sped up during the really fun parts but I think that's kind of how like life works um, yeah it's one word I'm not gonna get like you said one so I almost feel like when things are at their most my word would probably be frustrating for how I feel about the last few months specifically the last probably few weeks and I think that I become the most frustrated when I can't control everything, number one. And then number two, when I feel like I can't keep up with life. And recently I've been very frustrated because I don't even really feel like much is happening. And yet I still can't keep up with the pace of my life. Yeah, so like that's actually how it feels to have ADHD. Um, <laughs> so I, I totally agree though. Like sometimes I... I feel like I have a lot going on and that like there's just so much overwhelming things to do and I have a big list of stuff I want to get done and then at the end of the day you know my favorite phrase is oh my gosh that was a crazy day and I'm pretty sure I've said that for the last 90 days every single day um, and it's true like it was a crazy day but in the grand scheme of things if I look back at like how much progress I made in that one single day I'm like not that much, but like the long term, it's a little bit at a time, just kind of chipping away, hopefully getting better. I, 
I think what the world teaches us is that life should be fast and we should be going from thing to thing to thing and if we slow down it's like we're not making progress and I've bought into that for a very long time but it just doesn't feel right when my life becomes that way yeah and then like for me I think I really like to speed up through the bad parts of life but have you ever just like had a moment where it feels like it is going in slow motion but it's like as simple as I think I made this post like a while back but about like drinking coffee or something where it's like Mm -hmm. the tiniest joy in life um, and you want it to go by so slowly like when you're having a really good day or like even back you like think back at school and it's like the last day of school you want it to go in slow motion because you're all excited and everyone's having fun So I think like that's always interesting is trying to figure out how to slow down the good days. Yeah, I remember, I I don't know that I've let myself feel this way in the last month, but I remember the end of spring, I just had a few moments where it's like, I I had been living my life in such a manner of frustration and I felt like I wasn't good enough more often than not and that I didn't know where I was gonna go next. But it's almost like when you lose things and your life opens up and you gain time that you didn't have and you find some energy that you were depleting on a day-to-day basis, you also have the opportunity to tap into like some peace. And I found that in a few instances and I remember thinking about it in the moment and just being like you know I don't have much right now from the viewpoint of someone looking at my life but it's like you don't know the joy that I have within and I think we cover that joy up in favor of the material or the achievements or the accolades and I find myself slipping back into that consistently. It's like you can have that moment of realization, but you still quickly go back to what you believe other people should be able to see of your life. Like what are you making of this life as opposed to just like how are you most enjoying your life in the moment with the people you're surrounded with? Oh man, <laughs> um, that was a lot. That was deep. (laughs) Um, But I do, I do agree. Um, I think it's kind of funny, like how we work in general as a couple, as it tends to be that you on the outside are seen as like a very serious, um, stern, kind of like a slow but precise moving person. Um, And then I'm like, kind of like, a tornado um but I feel like I'm like more of like the happy-go-lucky like ball of energy um so I think it's really interesting like where you're able to look back and see different times like that with such like a big world view and I'm sitting here like I really don't remember Tuesday um and then I recognize today is recording on a Tuesday mm-hmm. so got real do you feel like you're able to pick up on like how you're feeling 
from moment to moment and then to relay that back to the reason you're feeling that way? Um, at times. I think for sure if it's something that's been recurring, um, if it's like a theme or if it's mm-hmm. like I get into a pattern um, and I realize that I feel this way because X, Y, Z just happened. Um, like I get really frustrated when I feel like I'm trying to fight for what I think is right or fair more often than not. Um, and then I, it just comes up again and again. And I'm like, every time something's not going the way I want it to do, I get really mad. And then I just kind of feel frustrated because I don't know what to do next. What do you feel like you're able to tap into to like alleviate that frustration? Because I was extremely frustrated yesterday. Like <laughs> we had a rough evening yesterday and really dating back to the night before when the power went out because it's Texas and oh the grid's blowing up because we've been hundred plus degrees for probably over a month now. But the second the power went out, he was like, Oh my gosh, this is our fault. We put it at 66. <laughs> We did it. We sent the thing over. <laughs> no more power. <laughs> but what I found, it's, it's almost funny because I found that last night at like my peak level of frustration and really hopelessness, like my frustration typically derives from just the feeling that I don't have control or I don't know what the next move is. And that may be the same for a lot of other people as well. But I found the little thing that I could do for myself before going to bed to ensure that I could have some more peace of mind and then hopefully start my next day better was to journal and then read. And just doing that for 10 to 15 minutes made me feel like I had some autonomy over my life again. What is something that you feel like you can tap into when those frustrations arise that just gives you a little bit of perspective? So for me, um, I'm a big talker, you know, um, I like to have a quick reply to most things, but in times where I'm the most angry in the last season of life, I've really learned to just like take a second to get quiet, um, and actually think of the person I want to be and how that person would reply or handle a situation. Um, I mean, if we want to... For example, like, you know, last night you were having a really hard time, but I could have met you with anger. I could have met you in any manner at all of just replying. But that isn't the person I want to be. I want to be a person who speaks um, clearly, and when I do, I want you to know that I listened. Um, So for me, like, it's just getting quiet and taking an inventory of what would a person that I'm looking to grow into being say in this time? Or what would you do um, in like an ideal world? So for me, like that's just being quiet and kind of going with my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really gotten into recently like trying to get my autonomy back. It's kind of funny actually. I just like started reading a ton in the last couple of months. Um, so that way I can get more perspective of just like what fantasy versus reality is, um, Mm -hmm. and realize that like the dramatization in my head of my life isn't that real. Um, and it kind of puts my problems into perspective of, you know, like 
this is an issue that can be tackled with some creativity versus this is something that I need to like get other people involved in. Or if it's a non-issue, sometimes I just like have these things where I feel like big feelings and it's because I blew out of proportion or that I misunderstood because I'm not a great listener and uh, sometimes I get it twisted. <laughs> I'm sure some people do that too. Yeah, I mean, so many of our problems are like trivial things that really don't have much bearing over the grand scheme of our lives and especially the world. But we take that one problem and we allow it to compound on top of itself. So it's like you just see this string of events and then you create this elaborate story about how you are misfortunate because of all these things that are happening to you. And like for a few minutes, it kind of feels good to yeah. like let some of that emotion out. Ooh, Sarah McLaughlin's paying and like she's playing in the background, the arms of the angel, everyone feeling bad for you. Yeah, Sometimes it's therapeutic. A, mine's a little bit more angry than oh. that. <laughs> uh, he's got Skrillex in the background. It's fine. <laughs> but it's like when you can actually step back from it, and you know this, like from the first year of our relationship, anytime that we would have an issue or you would be frustrated, what would I tell you to do? Oh my gosh, you would tell me to go to bed. So oh. assuming it was at nighttime, right? It was but like almost every time you're like, oh, well, um, this isn't going to be a problem tomorrow if you just go to sleep. And how many times was I right about that? I mean, I had some pretty good nights of sleep. I'm not going to lie to you. I just feel like when we can get some space from the issue, it allows us to see that it's not that big of a deal. I think it's okay to feel it. Like the frustration that I've had in recent months, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like we've let ourselves feel it. But you can't continue to feel it because when you just let those issues compound, it actually results in inaction. I think that people believe that emotion is the main driver of action. And I don't think it is, at least not emotions like frustration or anger or these negative feelings that really take our mind off of like who we actually want to be. And and when we struggle with that, it's like you, you don't have rational thought. There is no rationality to the issues. You and I, like, fortunately, we are on, like, different schedules of when we get frustrated. Like, last night, you were able to keep a pretty, I'll say, steadfast approach oh, no. to the issue. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And a lot of times, I'm able to do the same for you. And before we started recording tonight... I said, you know, I don't think that I live up to the name of this podcast or that verse that, like, I love so much, which is remaining steadfast under trial. I don't feel like the majority of the time I live up to that. And you said that you believe I do. And my pushback is that it's really easy to be steadfast when it's someone else's trial. So if you're going through something and you're dealing with your emotions, even if it does concern me, I'm not the one wrapped up in that frustration. But when it's my trial, when it's my frustration, when it's what I believe to be my wrongdoing, that's the true test, is can you remain steadfast in those moments? 
And I think that when we take a true inventory of that, we find that more often than not, we can't. And more often than not, we fall short of that standard. But I think that is really what makes this concept special, is to fail to live up to being steadfast under trial 85 to 90% of the time, so that each of those times you can learn from it and then truly put the principles of steadfastness into action, the other 10%. And it's like, if you just get those reps of falling short of the standard that you hold for yourself on a consistent basis, at some point you're gonna just continue to raise the bar. And when we raise the bar for ourselves, we also raise the standard. So it's like, are we ever truly achieving what we want to achieve? I know for me, it's like, well, if I, if I do one thing that I can be proud of, I don't let myself be proud of it for long. I immediately raise the bar to what I should, what I then believe I should be able to attain or, um, you know, display as a person. So it's like the bar has to keep raising but you also, through the struggle, have to continue to raise your ability to meet the demands of reality, to meet the demands of your life, because it's like the stronger you get, the stronger your problems get. Man, you have some really good uh, <laughs> ability to do this podcast. I'll tell you that. Um, Austin can talk for a really long time, and I don't know how you string together words. Um, I don't know if they ever that make way. sense until to be honest, I'm I literally like get the feedback of someone else, and then usually I don't even believe it makes sense at that point either. Sometimes I'm just shook with how uh, eloquent you are when you start talking, um, because in my head I'm like, man, this is the idea, and then the words just they, sometimes they stumble out, and we're all really lucky on those days. Gosh, um, <laughs> you be happy, but. I just wanted to touch back on um, like the thing we talked about right before the podcast where Austin didn't think he was steadfast and I thought he was and I want to revisit the definition of steadfast um, and kind of go back to the story of how this all kind of began. Um, so steadfast for me is being um, firm in your belief, your determination, or your adherence. Um, that can mean like you're loyal. Um, it can mean that you're rock steady. Um, it can also mean that you're consistent. All of those are kind of synonyms of uh, <laughs> the word steadfast. Um, <laughs> I can never remember it's cinnamon or synonym. I know it's synonym. Cinnamons. My words just get cinnamons. Um, <laughs> they get all confused. But so it was back, what, 2021. Austin was... Oh, on the precipice of his marathon career. Yeah, my career. Uh, where, my you know, first marathon. a marathon, uh, a ultra marathon, another marathon, on the cusp of another marathon career. It's a career. Um, yeah, I don't think you're stopping anytime soon. We should see the investment we have in shoes. It's ridiculous, actually. Somebody sponsor this, please. Anyways, um, and steadfast is always something that I thought about when it comes to Austin as he's like a rock you know um, at times that can mean that he's stubborn drives me crazy 
um, at times that can mean that he's consistent and he knows exactly who he is um, and exactly what he's going after. So the night before his first marathon, I gave him the Bible verse. Um, what's the Bible verse, Austin? Tell him. <laughs> Remember the number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James one twelve. And it, it talks about how you're steadfast under trial um, by the grace of God. And, and that's just paraphrasing. But for me, telling Austin that before his marathon, it wasn't that we thought he wasn't going to complete it. I knew 100% after watching him train for it and just watching the dedication he had to it that he was going to fully finish that marathon, finish it really well, um, and exceed his expectations. But I wanted him to know mentally that was the real game there. It wasn't that his body would quit, it was that his mind needed to be in the game. and. In order to be steadfast in that trial, he had to stay focused and believe and be firmly held in his belief that he could complete the mission. Um, And so that's kind of what I mean, though, when it comes to that you're still steadfast. Um, I think every day you get to be steadfast in our own rights. I think that how I'm steadfast is different from how everyone else is steadfast. Individually can mean something else. Uh, throughout my life I think it's more of like a personality thing you know Um, and we can get into that but for you you're always you you are never really trying to be someone else that you you aren't and when you have you have learned to stop doing that and go back to you because it's so much easier to be yourself Um, and it's honestly kind of just like that Lego fit or um, what are those things, those little pegs that the kids play with? There's like a circle and a square and then there's a triangle and so you're trying to put the circle into the square hole and it's not working, right? But to be steadfast, you have to realize you are a cylinder and you're going in that circle hole because cylinders are just squares. Wait, shoot, dang. Okay, (laughs) cylinders are just circles. I get nervous, guys, I'm sorry. This is my first podcast. This has nothing to do with being nervous. You were going to do that anyways. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyways, so (laughs) what I'm saying is you knew exactly where you're supposed to be. You were just trying to fight it. And when it starts working, it just clicks because you're being you. And most people these days kind of cringe at this word, but, like, you are authentic. And that can Mm -hmm. also mean being steadfast. And when we're authentically ourselves, man, this is so hard. But when you're authentically yourself, you don't feel like you're having to push that hard at anything else. Stuff just will naturally come for you that's meant for you. Like calls to like, you know? Um, And I think when we're steadfast, it's just like following the path you're meant to go on, Mm -hmm. whether it's subconscious or not. I think that's been the greatest battle that I've had in the last year is believing that I'm not enough I mean if I went back to 2021 I don't think I had had enough life experiences to put me in my place and I think that I believed that like I was on top of the world and I was going to do whatever I wanted to do as long as I was willing to put in the work and that's almost what that marathon was that first marathon 
it was my ability to say, I told myself I was going to do this and I'm going to, I did it. And so I can do that in every other aspect of my life. And while that may be true, it doesn't take into account the troubles that you encounter along the way. And with each of those troubles, you are left to believe that you are not enough. And that is a true test of your spirit. And there's really no other way to encourage somebody in that moment, but to say that you are enough. And with time, you will see that as long as you let yourself continue to be yourself and put your best foot forward. But what a frustration it is to just sit there and we all play the comparison game. We all look at other people and think, how can I be more like that? And I mentioned this on the first episode of this podcast. I think it's important to recognize and admire qualities in other people that you look up to, but not to view it as something that you can't attain yourself. So there is a really dangerous quote that we used to really get into. Um, and I call it dangerous for one reason, and it's that the quote goes, success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Like, so the idea is that if you're looking at someone who's successful, look at what they did to get there. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason it's dangerous is that success in your eyes can look completely different than the success of that individual person. Mm -hmm. So what we look at when we're trying to compare our life to other people is that you don't see the background that went into that successful moment. So for me, like one of the most um, proud times I've ever had in my life is when I graduated nursing school. Um, And so that was huge, but people don't see that I had a degree before that. I spent so much money on it, you know, Um, and they don't see how hard the work is. They just see that being a nurse gets you jobs, gets you job stability. Um, And other times, like with success leaves clues, that can be dangerous in the thought that we have a good amount of friends who are very athletic. They're crazy in their endeavors. They're able to put in all this time and work and succeed super well. But the success leaves clues part is maybe, you know, we'll have a friend that does ultra marathons or um, even a friend that does like powerlifting or something like that. We don't see the, the pain that they go through, the injuries they're fighting, the mental battle um, that takes to get to that level of success. And, you know, even in like just aesthetic wise, there's a lot of people out there on social media that it's taken them years to get that body. You know, it takes 10 plus years for this weightlifter to look crazy like that. Like we used to follow uh, like Julian Smith really closely. And when we got in on it, he was already 15 years into his bodybuilding. And we were wondering, why don't we look jacked like that? But we're not looking at the success leaves clues of the longevity. You, no one wants to be like, oh, yeah, 10 years from now, I'm going to remember that's how good I'm going to look, you know? I would even emphasize more than that because I think that people do understand that, like, success takes time. 
whether they want to truly internalize that to the point that they're willing to put it into practice and work for a very long time without immediate gratification is a different story. But people understand that it will require work and discomfort. I don't think what people understand is that the person that you're looking up to that you know has put in 10 to 15 years of work on something they may not be any happier than you are where you are right now. Yeah, it's huge. So what are you going to do with that? To me, that tells us that it's not your ability to achieve. It's not your ability to look a certain way. That is not what happiness is. Your ability to be happy and be fulfilled is like, can you sit in a room and truly think about your life, the people that you surround yourself with, the the things that you do on a daily basis and whether or not they fulfill you. When you consider your life beyond the material, how do you feel about it? Like that might be happiness. And how do you then emphasize that just as much as you would emphasize something like an outcome that you want to attain? Because it's really easy for us to put a date on the calendar and work towards it. And there's a lot of value to that. I think it really, like, to raise the stakes raises your level of performance as well. But to say that when you reach that goal and you achieve that thing, you will be happy, I mean, it, it might be the opposite. <laughs> I mean, I would go back to February 5th of this year and take that as one of my greatest lessons learned oh gosh in crossing the finish line of the 100 mile race that i had trained for months for that was my least favorite finish line we've ever experienced together and nothing from that point february 5th to a month ago nothing was good <laughs> i mean i don't want to say nothing but like truly we struggled more than ever. I know personally I did. I know that we did as a relationship. And I'm not going to sit here and blame running 100 miles on that happening. I'm going to blame... It feel like it opened a portal, though, I will say. I'm going to blame the fact that I wasn't prepared to handle the feeling of finishing 100 miles and then being left to think, well, what next? Like, it's, it's a constant feeling of I have to be more. I have to do the next thing. And it's overwhelming. And truly, it overtakes people's lives. And that is not happiness. And yet, I still find myself pursuing that on a consistent basis. How can I do more today? Am I doing enough today? I was telling you last night, I'm like, it's nonstop. From the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, it's not like, okay, what am I going to do next? It's like, okay, what did I not just do? So I may have accomplished this thing, and we all love the feeling of checking something off the to-do list, right? But like, what if every time you check something off the to-do list, you also had the thought of, what did I not just check off the to-do list? And to live your life like that on a consistent basis, and I told you, I'm like, I can't do this forever. Like, I can't feel this way forever and that is where I say like the battle of not being enough like how do I fix this 
How do I? I don't need the problem diagnosed. I see the problem. I am the problem. Oh, stop. What do I do about it? Wait, play the Taylor Swift lyrics. What is that? It's where she's like, I'm the problem, it's me. Oh. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a Swifty. You're not a Swifty? Oh, no. man. I hope you are listening to this, Emma. I just want you to know that part was for you. Um, I think that's the part where it's, it's troublesome because it's like people will see that you know, fingers crossed, everything goes to plan, you're gonna crush your next marathon. But they don't see that, you know, 12 weeks out, you're sitting here struggling with how do I juggle training, um, a relationship, a relationship with your family, um, a job, multiple jobs, and still have time in the day to be sane, you know? Mm -hmm. And people will just look at, the success of it all. Um, and they'll say, oh my gosh, that's crazy that you did this. And you're like, really? But like, what's crazy is that I was working on all of this stuff. And then I happened to also finish this goal. Mm-hmm. So, and then we talk about that a lot too, is like just celebrating like the little wins over the big wins. Um, like just finding everyday wins um, to just like sit there and take your life as one day at a time versus like looking too far in advance to feel like you're failing. If you can just feel like you've won a little bit of that day can make all the difference. Yeah. There's a, a quote. Oh, here we go. And it, I, I don't know it. I, I'll never know these quotes off the top of my head, but to paraphrase, it's essentially like when you're talking to yourself and you can kind of imagine yourself like looking in the mirror, thinking through your day. And it's like, the way that you talk to yourself, that internal voice that we all have. It's like, know that you're not talking to a bad man. Like you are not talking to a bad person when you talk to yourself. And yet the way that we talk to ourselves is crazy. It's, it's as if like the person you're talking to has offended you horribly. It's like they owe you money. (laughs) You gotta be careful. (laughs) And like I can sit here right now and and have perspective over moments of my life where, you know, maybe it's clear why I wasn't able to do everything that I wanted to do in a, in a given day or week or whatever. But then when I'm in it, my 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 only mindset is like, why can't you just get it done? Why can't you do more? This person did it. I had that thought today. Like, this person would have gotten it done. Yeah, but you didn't see what they didn't get done. Exactly. Boom, roasted. Well, and you didn't see at what expense did they get it done. Exactly. Like, what are you willing to risk at all times? What are you willing to sacrifice at all times? And the things that people are willing to sacrifice oftentimes don't align properly with what they claim to be their priorities. You're willing to sacrifice something that you also claim to be a priority. And you're probably going to tell yourself that, well, I'll prioritize that thing once I accomplish what I'm working towards right now. Oh my gosh, you fall victim to this so often too. How often, um, I don't know if everyone else does this, but it's like, for you, you've always said that you want to get all your work done so then you can have whatever the little treat is at the end yeah. of the night 
whether that is a food treat, um, whether that's like just having something like peace of mind or being able to sit down and hang out. Like it's just so you are like delayed gratification king. Um, it's just so wild because you're like, oh yeah, I have this long list of 55,000 things I need to do today. And then I get a little piece of chocolate after. I will work for 18 hours straight for a piece of chocolate for the five minutes that I get before bed, knowing that I did everything I need to do that day. And that's on OCD. But here's the thing. I've had days like this in the last week. There are also days where I get to the point where I should be able to have those five minutes and I'm still not happy with what I did. And so I go to bed frustrated and then I wake up in the morning feeling like I'm not enough and I didn't do enough because maybe one day I got everything done and I enjoyed it, but then I raised the bar and I said, tomorrow you have to do more. Or the thing that I've truly struggled with recently is where's the outcome? Mm. I've become increasingly frustrated by the fact that I feel like I'm doing more and more every single day and getting less and less. You're down to three minutes, it's crazy. And what do you do with that? It's, it's like, truly I believe that we need to do less to accomplish more. We need to channel our energy in a more direct way towards the things that we truly want, as opposed to just shooting blindly, looking for any opportunity. And it's hard because you hear stories about people who are very successful and again, what is success? They're, they're achieving at a high level or like they have a voice that you're listening to. Who knows how they feel? Who knows where their <laughs> emotional state is? I don't want to label people as successful or not successful. I mean, like because there's I've a couple of people, people that are pretty clearly successful. I've known people, thing. though, who people would say they're successful and they don't have anything in order. So consider... Spicy. Consider that person. And it's like typically what you hear is they had to say yes to everything so that they could get to a point of success where they could then begin to say no to things. And I had bought into that belief until like maybe yesterday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and now I'm just at the point where it's like I'm not doing anything to the standard that I hold myself to. Like I'm not even running to the standard and training to the standard that I hold myself to right now. Why? Not sleeping enough, too stressed. Like if we try to say yes to everything, even if it's in like the infancy of our success, even if it's at this point where like it's good to gain experience and try a bunch of things so you can see what you truly enjoy, even then you can't say yes to everything because then you're not showing up properly to the one or two things that actually matter to you. And that may be the people in your life. And yeah. we don't have enough time to like not show up as our true selves. And I'm not showing up as my true self by saying yes to everything and then falling short on everything. And I'm, I'll continue to like talk about the agreements that we make with ourselves. Recently, I've made the agreement with myself that like I'm not enough. Why am I making that agreement with myself? Because I'm not doing the work that I pride myself in. Because I don't have the time or energy to do it. 
because I've said yes to too many things. things. Yeah. And so many things that frustrate me, like that I don't even enjoy. And can we just all step back and like question whether we actually want to do it? Like if this was your last day, would you want to do this thing? If it was like, if this thing that you're about to do tomorrow, if that was going to be the every day for the rest of your life, would you want to do it? Like, how are you going to live that day? Yep. But also I think like, you don't have to say no um, all the time, but there is the whole parable of if you say yes to everything, you can't say yes to the things that matter. So you're really saying no to more things than you are saying yes when you say yes mm-hmm. to everything. Um, I mean, if you're going to half-ass everything. You're really not whole-assing anything, you know? <laughs> so like you're not doing anything with full effort. So it's just kind of those things where then what are you really getting done? No, you're, nothing's getting done if you're trying to do 55 things a day. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you set yourself up for little wins. And I think that was a big part of like what I've been trying to do in this last season of life, especially like trying to not please every single person is, you know, what can you do like a small little goal to start the day off right? you know, or like just to do something. Cause sometimes I get way too overwhelmed. Um, especially like when there's honestly, I get really overwhelmed when I have nothing on the schedule, but also get really overwhelmed when I have too much on the schedule. So it has to be like a really weird middle ground. I have no idea what that number is. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you, but sometimes I just need like one actionable step that gets me going. And today it was just putting away the dishes this morning and I do this thing in the morning where I wake up and it's like a feral raccoon in the garage. I have no idea where I'm at. I don't know how I do anything for about the first 30 minutes of my life every day. But if I can do one thing successfully and not throw it on the ground on accident, (laughs) it's a good day. So today that was putting away dishes, you know? Um, And so in like a real context thing, instead of being kind of silly, you could do like one thing you know, maybe what your goal for the day is, um, or something you're working on is that you want to have a better relationship with your family or that you like want to make connections with your friends in a better way. So what you could do is a little quick step is just shoot out a text, you know, just like, even if you can't really talk all day, it's good to just say, Hey, you, I was thinking about you and then that's it. It's moved on. You helped out the relationship instead of worrying about, am I doing enough for that? Am I showing up for that person enough? But you also got to show up for yourself too by addressing that issue and doing a little bit of small progress. Does that yeah. make sense? It's, it's amazing the amount of energy that we expend thinking about the thing. If you just address the problem like head on, before it addresses you, because I think we're all really scared to get caught with our pants down. I really don't know what that analogy means, by the way. Um, I say this all the time, and I really hope what, I'm working it out. Can you? You don't can know you, what like, it means. It means Google exactly it? like what it's. <laughs> I just want like you to means. check me on that one. Caught with um, your pants down well, means <laughs> you are caught with your pants down. Whatever. So, um, 
But like, I think that's what we all get really scared of in this situation where you feel like you're not enough is it's not that you really don't think you're enough. You're scared that someone else is going to find out that you're not enough. Like, I don't really think that you don't think you're enough. I mean, sure. There are definitely some dark times and I don't want to like make anyone feel weird about it. Maybe you're right. I'm not gaslighting you, but sometimes if you just show yourself in that moment that you're enough and whatever it is that you're stressed about, that's it. Like, you know what you got to do today? You got to do a run. You ran. Good job. Like we got it done with. Might not have been the best one, but you got it done. Okay. You went with as much effort as you had in that day. And that's all you can really give to anybody or anything. It's just whatever you have right then. But the thing is not addressing the problem can make it a bigger problem as well. So like that can be being steadfast is just adherence. Mm -hmm. That's part of it is just sticking to what you said you would do. Having the discipline to let yourself win. Yeah. Let yourself win. I mean, that's a big part of it is believing in the fact that whatever you're doing, you're doing it one on purpose. And then two for the better good, whether that's for the better good of you or the better good of the people around you. That's steadfast. I love to see people proud of the things that they've done. And I just think that I I love seeing that because I know that I'm not quick to allow myself to be proud of anything that I I don't deem to be big enough to be proud of. Like you told me, stop qualifying everything that you say. Yeah. Like, and I, I get I, so mean with I him. was texting oh someone today and I'm like telling them the good thing. And I said, Abby told me not to qualify this anymore, but I'm still going to do it. And then I qualified the thing that oh. I should be proud of. Why'd you do that? And I love to see, and I'm not saying that other people don't struggle with that, but I think at some point we all just decide, okay, I need to let myself have this one. I yeah. need to let myself win this time. But what we don't see and what creeps up on us is the more and more pressure that we put on ourselves. And like you said, it's not a matter of us believing we're not good enough. It's more a matter of how that is then reflected into the world. I mean, the amount of encounters that I've had, I'm really much more aware of it now because I know it's an issue and it's something that I have to like address over time. Is like, I just, my default setting is that I think someone's gonna call me out. And I think someone's going to like get angry at me over some small thing that I've done or overlooked or not done to my standard. And I'm like waiting on it. Like I see a name pop up on my phone for a text and I'm like, this is going to be bad. (laughs) And then go back two months. You don't realize how close to the edge you are until one little thing happens and it pushes you over the edge. And two months ago I had one little thing happen. And then we're having a full emotional breakdown in the kitchen because I was on the phone at the gym and the gym owner wanted to get angry with me about it. And it pushed me over the edge to the point where I was like, see, I am a bad person. They were right about me. They found out. And they can call me out. And then you have that emotional breakdown and like you actually (laughs) said, I mean, it's ridiculous. You separate yourself from it and you're like, Oh man, like I am not well. You were like, like this is not good. <laughs> that was a little much. <laughs> oh gosh. But you know what? I will say having those moments where you do boil over, unfortunately, 
they are some of the most eye-opening moments. Um, unfortunately, this year has been incredibly difficult um, because of the vast amount of moments just like that where you're like, oh my gosh, I just got humbled. And sometimes being humbled is good. Um, but it hurts. I'll tell you that 100%. I, there's no sugarcoating it. It might be good for you in the long run, but it's kind of like medicine where you're like, this is disgusting, mm-hmm. but eventually it'll feel better. But I think, you know, we get so worried about what people are going to think of us because we pay so much attention to ourselves that you don't realize most people, one, aren't paying that much attention to you. And two, um, they're really only paying attention to you in the situation where you're calling attention to yourself. Um, So whether or not you're freaking out about it in a positive way or a negative way, most people aren't going to be looking that hard at you unless you're sitting here, one, advocating for yourself, which is always cool, like to see you saying, hey, I did something really awesome and I want you to come along this journey with me. And as vulnerable as it is, it's, it's awesome to see people have something good. Or a lot of the time, people don't really know that you're going through anything um, until you tell them. So like, I mean, so many of my friends had no idea that we had a break for a while um, in the last, like this spring until I told them. And I was like, how dare you not know that I was over here down bad, crying on the floor with my cat, like, excuse me. And they're like, um, well, I, why would, how would, how would I know that? And I'm like, I really don't know. Actually, I, I have no idea. Cause they're like, well, you're still posting all the same stuff. You're still carrying on like usual. Nothing stopped as far as they were concerned. And I was so worried about everyone figuring out that I was having a hard time that I forgot to tell people I was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, I find myself getting defensive very much prematurely <laughs> to the point where it's like, you know, people look at you like, what are you talking about? And you're like, like no, I'm not crazy. Nothing. <laughs> and you just don't realize you're right. I mean, people are worried about themselves. And I think, you know, it's like, how do we make this better because this is clearly a problem for everybody everybody is in their heads almost to the point of paralysis like they are not living out the best version of themselves because they're so worried about the version that everyone else is seeing of who they are and it's like okay how can we make the world a little bit better every single day acknowledge somebody let people know that they are doing a good job, that they are special, that they're seen. The smallest things make the biggest differences. And if you want to know if that's true or not, do a small thing and see how it makes somebody feel. Maybe you won't see the return immediately, but it's amazing that then like when you hear what someone says about you, and it's like they remembered that thing. And it's not about what people are going to say about you. It's not about, you know, can I make myself look better by being a good person? It's about being a good person for being the sake of, you know, for the sake of being a good person. Yeah. yeah. And like you see the impact. It then makes other people want to be a good person. Because when people feel something, when they feel 
that you have done something that improved the quality of that minute, that day, that week, whatever it may be, they then internalize that as something that feels good and they can pass that along. So do that little thing and maybe that's your win for the day yeah. is to reach out to somebody, let them know they're doing a good job, let them know you noticed a little thing. I've tried to be really intentional this year about just like, I found myself on social media and I would like a post and then I would like think what I would say to that person, but I would never actually like comment it or DM them <laughs> and say it. And this is a small, like this is social media, but like we also have to understand that we view to a very large extent social media as connection nowadays. And for many people that is a primary form of connection with people that they don't see on a regular basis. So then send that comment, send that DM. If you have their number, make it even more, you know, personalized and send them a text let them know that you're proud of them and that you see what they're doing. Maybe even that you see that they're working through things and they're doing a great job in the face of adversity. That's what people need to hear. That's what we need to do for people. I think that's huge. Um, and like when I think back at times where I was the most myself and when I was the most happy, it's when I was able to just do small things um, to make other people feel seen. Um, and I think like for me, a lot of it is in my work. Um, and then like today for a good example, there was this little patient and I've had her a bunch of times and she's got a really complicated thing going on, but she's often in my unit and she hasn't been able to be home for months. And it's just like one of those things that was crazy was she was complaining about, and this is so trivial, she was complaining about her leg hair. And so instead of being like, oh my gosh, it's okay, no one will notice, I offered to shave her legs. Um, but it was just like, that kind of thing was so silly. And it was like, really simple. But that little small thing made her feel so good she was making everyone on the unit touch her legs afterwards and it was just like I felt so good because I helped her feel good it's one of those where it's like you hope that when you're having a really bad day that someone will do that for you but it's not necessarily that you do it for the reciprocal part of it um, it's not that like you're doing it as a transaction but it's more so that maybe, you know, if you put this into the universe um, and this is something you authentically want to do, this is something like you feel called to do, that it'll help you feel better. Um, or even just like make the world a little bit better of a place just from having fun that day, you know? It's all an energy. Yeah. It's like, what energy are you going to put out? Are you going to put out a positive energy? Or are you going to, you're going to put out the energy that like you're uncomfortable because you're overthinking everything. And then that turns into like a negative energy because people see you as being defensive and then they wonder if they need to be defensive. And it's like, if you put out an energy into the environments that you're in every single day, and I think that energy starts with the energy that you put out for yourself in a quiet room like 
when you're getting ready for your day or when you're winding down from the end of the day, what, what's the voice in your head saying? Like, what are you hearing? And that's the energy that, that's then going to come out through your actions and the way that you interact with other people. And if we're not conscious of that, then it becomes reckless. And we become like very much, you know, able to sway like to the wind of whatever other people's energies are. And it's like, you can't rely on the energy that other people are putting out or that you're seeing on social media. You can't rely on that to dictate the way that you live your life and the way that you want to make yourself and other people feel. You have to be in charge of that. You have to take ownership over the way that you embody the person that you want to be. And I think one thing I would say about you, like from that story is you have a skill and I think we all have a skill. So like right now, think about what you naturally just do well, because I think one thing that Abby naturally does well is like, she remembers things about people. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. She uses like the things that people are clearly like take pride in to then acknowledge them and to take care of them and to make them feel special. And you tell me stories all the time coming up from work about, you know, how you were able to help a patient or like how you were able to bring a smile to their face over something really small. And I think it's really in those small moments that we see the power that we have. Like I'm selling shoes. Why, why, why can I get so happy? Why can I get so happy about like helping someone find a, pair of shoes that like make them feel good because you don't know what that good feeling that you then help them find does for them it's relief from plantar fasciitis <laughs> sorry i had to make the joke i'm so sorry because if you can take someone's day that was like just average and you can talk to them and connect with them and hear them and the problems that they're having and their fascia of their feet <laughs> And you can bring a smile to their face, give them that little bit of confidence that they might have needed, and then send them back out from your shoe store into the world, and they feel a lot better about how their day is going, then they're yeah. going to translate that to their interactions with other people. So it's like every little thing compounds, but the negative compounds too. And if you're going to be the negative Nancy who puts out negativity into the world, you better be an anti-conflict Kevin, <laughs> get it together <laughs> all the time. Like, what does that do? You don't see the chain of reactions that that leads to. Like if you put that negative energy out, someone internalizes that and then takes it to someone else. You don't see what that's going to do. You don't see it in yourself, but I swear you have seen it when it has happened mm -hmm. to you. Nothing yeah. is worse than I like to call it yucking someone's yum, um, but it's when you're having a really cool time and maybe the barista is a jerk that day and they're making fun of your coffee order or you, you know, for whatever reason, get cut off in traffic on I-35 and, you know, that just really burns your biscuit. You know what I'm saying? It is just terrible when you're having a cool time and someone else just brings you down. So the opposite of it would be if, you know, you're having a bad time and someone does something pretty cool, you know? Uh, I always joke with my, everyone I've talked to actually at work, that I'm a personality hire. Um, 
so I even tell them that in my performance review all the time. They are like, you're doing really great or whatever. And I'm like, great, but you know I'm just here for fun, right? Like, <laughs> like I really enjoy helping people and stuff, but like I'm really mostly here just to hang out. And then my manager laughs and she tells me about, oh, I'm helping people by making them laugh. But, you know, there's other productivity you could have, and that's the one I chose. This is all to say that, you know, you just really have no idea how much people are going through at any given point in time. And um, being steadfast can be just showing up and showing up well or as well as you can that day. And that can just mean being yourself. That can mean, you know, if you have a lot more energy that day, trying to do a little bit more for someone else. Trying to just do what's right, what you feel called to, and uh, just trying to make yourself smile at first. You know, as long as it's not bothering anybody, have a little fun with it. Why not? <laughs> That's my whole motto. Yeah, and I think what happens is we take someone's like over the edge moment that they push on us and we immediately think oh what did i do wrong i wasn't and it's like you always are going to put it on yourself very few people look at a situation and truly understand that like the problem may be bigger than themselves we from our perspective because this is how we see the world as a person living within the world like we are the center and everyone else is just on the outside there's really no other way to view it unless you're extremely intentional like every moment of the day to consider this perspective that you are not the center of the world that's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you know but i only am in first person point of view i don't understand that there's other people out there and that's why (laughs) it can be so effective they they call it like taking the 10,000 foot, you know, point of view to to see the problem and understand that you're not at the center of the problem and that there may have been something a couple hundred feet away that preceded your interaction with that person that then led to the issue. And to not always just jump to honestly the easiest path and the easiest conclusion being that you are not enough. That's the easy way out. If you're going to constantly fall back on the fact that you're not good enough, you can't make something special, you can't make other people feel better, you don't have a purpose, if that's what you're constantly resorting to, you're taking the easy way out. And you need to do more work to understand that you're not the center of the world, but you are an important contributor to the energy of the world. Are you going to make that energy positive or negative? You know, we struggle with being enough. Um, I don't want you to think that you're not special. I want you to know that everyone else is worried if they're enough. And just knowing that you're here for a reason in this specific time, in this specific place, at this specific circumstance is proof enough that you're enough. Um, the fact that you're in the spot you're in today for whatever reason is intentional 
And like one thing that I've said so many times in the last two years of our life is nothing is coincidental. I don't believe in coincidence. Um, I believe that we're going through exactly what we're supposed to be going through at this exact time. It's all, if you're a big book person, it's all character development. Um, you know, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt if you need to. But I truly believe that like we're all going through something and whether or not that's so that way you can be relatable um, to someone who needs it in the future or whether that is just so that you can learn a skill to get you to the next part of your life. You never really know why we're doing what we're doing, but you got to know and trust that you're on track. It's hard. Life's not meant to be easy, but you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah, let's separate the world story from your story. Like there can be two stories being written at once. So for me to say that like you can't be, you are not the center of the world. You're not. You're not the center of the world story. You're just a, a, a minor character in the world story. But minor characters can have really great impacts as well. However, your story is yours to own. And you can be intentional in writing your story. And I, I love that idea, like character development. It's like, you're dealing with something right now. Are you able to step outside of like the ego-centered mind that's telling you you're not enough, you can't do it, whatever, you can't make what you need to out of the situation. Are you willing to step out of that and just see like what you might be able to gain from this and what you are then evolving into as a result of this current problem that you're not even going to feel for that long in the grand scheme of the story. Like it's a footnote. It's a chapter at most of your story. So, you know, I think that's one thing that we can lean on no matter how hard it is just to understand that you're going to grow from it and it won't last forever. The pain that you're feeling will come to an end at some point, but what will last is then what you made of it. Yeah. Um, this is just so funny because your first guest was my boy, Daniel. And um, I just want to throw this out there that I had the tattoo first um, of Yes You Can. And the idea behind all of that is that no matter what you're going through, if you're wondering whether you can make it or not, yes, you can. And whether or not you can think that you are gonna be able to achieve that goal, the answer is yes, you can. The idea of all of this is that you yourself can decide that you're enough, um, that you deserve the life you're working towards and that you are in control of your next steps. And I hope that's not daunting. I hope that's empowering. Um, and I hope you know you can do it. Yeah, and the next step doesn't have to be huge either. It can be literally unloading the dishwasher. You know, just take it easy on yourself if you need to. It's okay. All right. Well, Someone's got to do the dishes. I mean, shoot, might be me that time. I don't know. It's no, your turn. It's very rarely you. It's usually you. You do the laundry. Oh. I do the dishes. We'll keep it that way. Gosh bless. I'll do the podcast. You join me from time to time. Sounds like a deal. Everyone. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. You know what? You're welcome. This was great. I hope you liked it.
All right. Thank you for listening to the third episode of the podcast. Onward and upward from here. Abby will be back. (laughs) Abby will be back from time to time. We'll have a after action review of this one. And I hope you guys know that I'm always actually here. Uh, I'm just on the other side of the headphones. So I have no idea who he's talking to or what's happening. I just know he's talking in the corner of the microphone again. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you have not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe through the platform that you're listening to. Also follow the Steadfast Collective on Instagram, where you can find daily posts of inspiration that gives you some encouragement in these harder times and allows you to remain steadfast under the trials of your lives. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for supporting the mission of the Steadfast Collective. Join us next time.